We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Are you, like Newcastle United, one of those who all you do is win every single day, no matter what? Well, if you want to win at running your own business, it's time to draft Shopify as your all-in-one commerce platform. Forget the off-season work. Shopify makes it simple to sell to anyone from anywhere. Whether you're selling warm-ups or wall hangers, it's time to start selling with Shopify and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. With Shopify, you'll customise your online store to your brand, discover new customers and build the relationships that create die-hard fans. Shopify fields all the sales channels to grow a winning business, from an in-person POS system to an all-in-one e-commerce platform, even across social media platforms like TikTok, Facebook and Instagram. And thanks to 24-7 support and free on-demand business courses, Shopify is on your team every step of the way. It's how every minute new sellers around the world score their first sale with Shopify. And you can too. Shopify is the secret to becoming a business champion by making it simple for anyone to sell their products anywhere, taking the guesswork out of selling. When you're ready to take your winning ideas into the world, team up with Shopify, the commerce platform powering millions of businesses down the street and around the globe. Try out Shopify for free today and start selling anywhere. This is a possibility powered by Shopify. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash truefaith, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash truefaith to start selling online today. That's shopify.com slash truefaith. It's the True Faith Newcastle United podcast. Today we're going to talk about access to Newcastle United for supporters. How do people get into St James's Park? How far is the system currently we're going to look at home games and away games. And in studio with me today, I've got Simon Campbell, Mark Corby and John Lane. We're going to talk about all of this. Interested in your views and reactions to this, of course. So let us know at TF and UFC on Twitter. A couple of notices from me. Number one, we're on Patreon, three to eight pounds a month. Come and join us as we build up to the most exciting season in years. We're now in pre-season. It's in full flow. Charlotte's in America. She's going to be reporting back from there. Come and join us, three to eight pounds a month. We'd love to have you along. Our live season preview podcast is at the Stand Comedy Club, Thursday, August the 10th. The link is in the description to this podcast. Come and join Charlotte and I, Keith Downey, Craig Hope and Mark Douglas, and we will preview the show for you. Uh, tickets are £15. We'd love to see you there. They always tend to sell out, so move fast if you can. 
Let's get on with the show today. Mark, I want to come to you first as the senior person among us in <laughs> terms of Newcastle United um, games attended, years at the match, that kind of thing. Have you ever known anything like it is right now for pure demand to watch Newcastle United home and away? No, nah, no chance. I mean, you instantly go back to the uh, the 90s for me when we got promoted. Uh, one of the Keegan revo- revolutionising the club. Uh, John Hall made it clear I was going to back them all the way. Um, the demand was basically around the city, around the areas, um, the counties, etc. But now it's it's global, isn't it? It's as simple as that. We weren't a, a well-known global club then. You know, we had no history, basically, for the previous 20 years. Uh, football wasn't, you know, saturated on TV everywhere. You know, apart from the Italian football, you, you, you couldn't watch Barcelona or any Dutch leagues or anything like that. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, it's just ridiculous because every day now you've got some... You can, you can read it all as well, can't you? You can see it on social media. Everyone's got a story. Everyone's got a reason why they, they want to be there or they feel they should be there. You know, people have walked away under under the previous regime, you know, rightly in their opinion, and you can't knock anyone for doing that, but they want to get back in. Um, you've got, the, the, you know, kids wanting to be a part of it now. Um, we're growing and growing massively as a, as a football club. And, you know, even this week, speaking to, you know, people at the club, um, they've made it clear that what the club's grown that quickly, um, the the actual, you know, people inside the club, it's, they're struggling to, keep up because we're growing that quickly so fast um you know that that massively so fast should i say and you know finishing fourth last season is unbelievable from a supporter's perspective but inside the uh, inside the club i bet i turn the hairs out because i'm just not prepared for it so uh, speaking of people that walked away under the previous regime do you find it frustrating currently um yes and no um, I, I i don't i'm not one of these people who did that and then grumbles that people who stayed uh, obviously get to keep their tickets like it's, it's it's a non-event those who sat through those steve bruce years deserve to keep their tickets and be top of the list um it's frustrating that there's not as much information coming out about about tickets you know there will be people who don't renew there will be people who sadly die or whatever there'll be lots of reasons why tickets become available each summer and it's very unclear what they're doing with them and what 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 they're doing to make fans like 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 myself, um, able to attend more games. Now I, I'm in quite a lucky position. I've got lots of all all, I, all my mates are Newcastle fans. All my family are Newcastle fans. So I've always got access to tickets. Now it remains to be seen what this new friends and family process looks like and how whether that does make it more difficult to just pass on a ticket last minute. But yeah, I get to lots of games myself. But there must be so many people like me who felt like they did the right thing under Steve Bruce. I still think I did the right <laughs> thing. You're all welcome, lads. Um, <laughs> And now, yeah, because the club has grown so fast and because the demand has grown so fast, it's now going to become a real challenge. And yet, I think finding a fair way, I, I don't envy the club in that respect. You're right, you're right, they'll be pulling their hair out, Mark. But mm-hmm. um, it's, it's, it is frustrating not really knowing what, what the picture is and you can't plan your life around it because you don't know yet what the ticket situation is going to be. So yeah, uh, it, it's tough, but obviously for all the right reasons, the club's class and the team's class. And it means when you do get, to, if you haven't got a season ticket, when you do get to a game, you appreciate it more and it's, it's brilliant. Thoughts, John? Have you ever known anything like this? What's your personal experience of, 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 of people trying to get to see the match who can't? Oh, yeah, I've not known anything like, like this um, at all. So um, I did have a season ticket holder like on my own uh, for about 15 years um, when the extension came in. So just for kind of bookmarking that, that my last game as a sole ticket holder was uh, when Jonas scored to keep us in the Premier League. Um, I then became a member for a bit and um, my brother decided he was going to buy a shared season ticket um, with the two kids. Um, so we're in level seven um, and I share that with my dad as well. Um, so I managed to get to six or seven games. 
and yeah, the demand's mental. Like it's absolutely crazy. Um, and I think some of the changes that have been made around the membership stuff being taken away, although that didn't benefit me now because I managed to get some cup games off the back of being able to go back in on a season ticket membership last year. Um, I think that's the right thing to do overall um, because it's not fair for somebody who's already got a seat, in my view, to then be able to get an additional seat on top of that. So um, it's good to see that there's some steps already being taken, but yeah, it's, 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 it's crazy and it's how do we get more fans in. Thing as well, John, though, season tickets will I can still buy a membership. So you can still get that yeah. perk. Um, and just going quickly back to Sai's point about um, the, you know, pe- people like Sai who walked away. Um, and I've got no problem whatsoever because I was on the verge as well uh, mm. as soon as we appointed Steve Bruce. I think the first mistake the club did make was when they released only a thousand or whatever season tickets. And for me, they should have targeted people who walked away. Um, no disrespect for the new supporters, but they're brand new. If you've got no history, have gone to a football game at Newcastle United. As far as I'm concerned, the legs of size should have been at the top of the queue. Fair enough. Not 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 easy answers. And and I mean, first of all, it has to be said, this is it's a lovely problem for the club to have. There are lots of football clubs who would absolutely love to be in this position where they've got like so like thousands and thousands or tens of thousands of people wanting to be in Sison Jimbers Park and give them money that can't. So that's a good position for the club to be. I think you know. Social media presents one side of the story. People are very vocal, and it's fair, fair enough. People are giving their own opinions about their own lives and their own needs and desires as Newcastle fans. But in terms of kind of everyday life, the stories you hear are absolutely nuts. Like at the workplace, I'm asked relentlessly, "Can you get a ticket for this game? Can you get a ticket for this?" It's like this game, you know, which is four months away. What are the chances of getting a ticket? And these are, you know, Johnny just referenced the membership system there. Just for people listening who don't know. Uh, if you want to get a ticket for any castle game and you're not a season ticket holder and you can't buy any season tickets, the club, as Mark said, released 1,000 season tickets last season, but there didn't seem to be much qualifying criteria uh, towards it. Uh, it doesn't look like they're going to release any season tickets this summer. Memberships go on sale soon, but no one knows when, which again speaks to size point about lack of communication. But if you mm-hmm. if you pay for a membership, John, what's the membership? Is it 30 quid a year? I think it's nearer 40. Um, well, it was last summer. I don't right. think it will be this year. Yeah, um, that'll probably go up. Well, yeah, and, and and also I think one of the things reading between the lines is that the cup schemes are going to be something that members can opt into. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, really? Yeah, and I think if that's the case, that's actually a really smart move uh, by the club because I think it makes the membership more valuable. Yeah, right. Um, now, I remember back in the good old, um, I say good old, awful days uh, where we have run previously, um, the way that it worked was they were like, well, we want to find a way to make the membership more attractive. That's not a problem anymore because, look, we've got a great, you know, a team on the pitch um, and that drives a lot of it. So that's that's the key thing. I think the membership will be more valuable. Therefore, I think it will go up in price quite significantly. So if you if you are a member and you want to buy tickets to Newcastle's first game against Aston Villa in a few weeks, tickets go on sale at 10 a.m. on a weekday. It tends to be Monday or Thursday, but it, it could be any day. Um, and you have to be available, you have to be there at 10am, and even if you log on at 10am, there's a chance you won't get a ticket, because there are more, you get assigned a random queue number, and that, that's, that's, pretty, that's a hard way for people to get tickets. If you're a teacher, you can't just, well I assume you can't, I'm not a teacher, but I assume you can't just pay a lesson for <laughs> up to an hour to sit and wait for tickets, but if, you, if you're a nurse, if you're any of these jobs, it doesn't have to be a public job, but uh, any job where you can't just, you're not working from home, or you can't get an extra device out in front of you, you are kind of excluded from that process, which is a shame. 
And I think the club's technology really has to evolve, possibly to make it into a more ballot type system. But we could, we'll not go into t- ticketing systems, loads of electronics, but it is quite difficult at the minute to watch Newcastle United if you're not a season ticket holder. There are people who go through that membership system online and get kind of 16 out of 19 home tickets a season. Um, you know, it, it's even harder if you want to go with someone else. Sometimes you can get on early, you can get four tickets together. Sometimes you're going to have to sit one of you in the leases, one of you at the back of the Gallagher. So the, the purpose of this podcast is to talk about what's fair and what's not fair and what should happen moving forward. Um, I imagine a lot of people who listen to this pod aren't season ticket holders. They either aren't season ticket holders who live in the area or live outside of the area. Everyone wants to watch Newcastle United play, which is great, but and we're kind of not really going to touch on extend, expanding the stadium today because that's obvious and the club do want to do it. We know that. that that is the obvious solution moving forward. But I don't think it's too hyperbolic of me to say I think Newcastle could sell an extra 20,000 season tickets. Mm-hmm. No, no mm-hmm. problem at all. Um, there are lots and lots of people who... Like I said before, don't even bother with that membership system because it just doesn't work for their life. So when you log on and you've got eighteen to 30,000, I think is the most I've seen, people in the queue waiting, some people on multiple devices, yes. Mm-hmm. That isn't everyone who wants a ticket. There are thousands more than that who can't do it. So it's a kind of extraordinary situation. And what we're going to do in part two of the show is talk about what the club should be doing, who should get access, and what the club kind of has to do to kind of remain a club um, grounded in its community for its supporters in this region uh, compared to the need to grow commercially to bring in masses more ticket income and kind of where the line falls. So we're back after a couple of adverts. If you don't listen to these adverts, uh, come and join us on Patreon. It's only £3 a month to get all of these podcasts advertisements free back after these. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. So let's do part two of the show right now. Um, we've talked about the problems there are for lots of fans getting access into St. James's Park. One of the big problems that Newcastle United do currently have, and it is on everyone's lips, is financial fair play. Eddie Howe talks about it relentlessly. 
pretty much every time he, he does an interview, uh, Darren Eels, Peter Silverson, other executives at the club talk about financial fair play and the need, the need to adhere to it. And Newcastle's problem, apart from having kind of bad sponsorship deals left over from the last uh, regime, which aren't remotely comparable to our top six rivals, Newcastle's ticket income last set of accounts, which was for season 21-22, which is the year the takeover. Ticket revenue, 27 million. Liverpool, same season. Ticket revenue, 84 million. And that's, you know, I've, I've picked Liverpool because they're not Man United. They're not, they're not kind of, they've got a bigger ground than Newcastle. But uh, until their next redevelopment, which is pretty close, they, they didn't have too many more seats in the ground than us, but more than three times the... Um, three times the ticket revenue and that there is there there is a major part of why Newcastle United couldn't go out and buy the player Liverpool just got for 70 million Newcastle liked him Eddie Howe liked him um, I believe Eddie Howe's message was just too expensive didn't have the money so one of the issues moving forward and Mark I want to come to you again first on this is one way Newcastle United will seek to redress that balance is to copy what those other clubs do and that is international fans corporate packages um, not necessarily within the ground. Liverpool, for example, will set you a standard seat in the ground and do, put a meal on for you in the city somewhere mm-hmm. and charge, I don't know, 300 quid for a ticket. That is, you know, completely at odds to normal football culture in this country in terms of match-going fans. Any concerns for you? Well, that's already happening, isn't it? It's, it's been happening for a long time. I think it was easy for the, to get access to those sort of tickets. Um, again, from the, you know, chatting with the club this week, it, it, it's clear that they're going to, grow that that aspect of the fan base. Uh, so just to just to stop, sorry, you chatted with the club this week. Do you mind just giving yeah, course, listeners a few more details? Of course, yes. There was obviously a meeting um uh, between around about hundred supporters, including John, um, on on Thursday. And on the Friday I was selected to go up and Amy concerns because I've been quite not well diplomatic I'll say, but very matter of fact in regards to emails and conversations with people at the club in regards to my concerns with, you know, the allocations going to corporate sponsors, players, staff and who else. Um it's clearly obvious that they're gonna go down the route of uh, you know, a ballot. Um This is for away games. This is for yeah. away games, I apologise. Um but for the home games as well as away games, they are looking at bringing in international supporters. Now There'll be a big argument about the away games simply because of the loyalty point system, but that's another debate. But regarding the home games, they will be looking at um, doing doing package package deals. And as you rightly say, there you could pick pick a you know the the best hotel in the in the city centre, the best um, you know restaurant, and the match is probably a side a side view in a sense. It's a whole mm-hmm. experience. Um, so yes, that that will happen. Um, I think the concern for me is how many numbers are going to be made available. Um, if it's going to increase the revenue, going to you know allow Eddie Howe to go for these seventy-five million players who Liverpool have just snapped up, then I'm not against it. It's just all about how many numbers will be given away from or taken away from from genuine supporters. Um, as I say, no no problem growing the growing the fan base. You know that they're playing a, a blind going out of America. That's you know that that's superb, and that that that'll never end. Um, but as I say, my concern is the actual numbers. And the, but the club, as Sai Lulu before, they just need to communicate. They need to be transparent, and they need to get the, the information out sharp. This is what we're planning to do. Uh, we've had we've had you know debates with supporters. Whether them debates have allowed supporters to actually change their minds is a different argument. But they just need to let people know now, so then everyone knows where they're standing. Everyone just stop arguing about it. Thoughts, lads? Anyone want to come in on that? No, it's a really difficult one to to gauge because your your point at the start is is exactly where the club's at. It's like if you want us to 
to be able to compete with Liverpool, Manchester City within the um, the grounds of FFP, albeit Man City don't bother with it. Yeah. But we'll, we'll see where, where that goes. Um, then we need to do more of it. Um, I agree with Mark. It's got to be a, a case of how many. But then, this, as you said before, there's 20,000 plus fans who would like to get in from the city. So every single one of those seats to give away is a, is a local fan who can't get to the game. And it is, it is a really difficult balance to strike. I have no idea where the, the, the correct line is. Mm-hmm. I also think that what that also leads to is people like myself on the city considering, well, am I going to pay 500 quid for a corporate seat just to get to that game? Yeah. And that shouldn't be happening either. So it's, it's really tough. It's really tough. Um, you know, I, I now regret giving up, my, giving up my ticket under Steve Bruce despite the fact that it was the absolute right thing to do at the time. Um, and there'll be others in the same boat, and then there'll be younger fans who become a bit disillusioned with it because they can't ever get to see their team. Um, so you, you said the stadium thing we can't, we can't really talk about because we don't know what the plans are. It's going to take a couple of years, but that is it's got to be it's got to be done as quickly as it can feasibly be done because that's the only answer here. Really, more seats um, in terms of ballots and, and ways to make uh, um, make it possible for or to give people a chance, an even chance of getting to games is, is the other option. But that ballot has to be big enough that. A decent number of people can can take part in it. Mm-hmm. It can't just be a few hundred tickets to a few lucky supporters. It really should still be in the thousands of, of people who have a chance every week of getting to these games. Mm-hmm. I think. <clears throat> sorry, I think the biggest issue we've got again it, it goes back to balance. It goes back to how many because we'd be really naive to sit here and say they should just not do it. Um, they need to drive this revenue somehow. That that's understandable. I think fans understand that. What they wouldn't understand is 10,000 seats being allocated to that or you know, a, a significant portion where actually it then starts to impact the team's chances on the pitch. And I think this is the big part of St. James's Park is so unique from that point of view that the atmosphere has been incredible over the last 18 months, better than I remembered it previously. And I was there under you know, the Robson days, really. Um, and that's, that's something that they really need to try and make sure that they protect um, so mm-hmm. how do you do that? How do you make sure that it's the right percentage of, fa- of, of seats that you're going to do? How do you make sure it's spread so it's not a matter that you have a, a tourist section, uh, <laughs> you know, in one corner? Um, it's, it's all about the balance of it. Yeah, just to quickly add there, he's 100% right. Um, one thing that was mentioned the other day was if you start increasing the, um, you know, the amount of international people in who've got, they might have a connection with the club somehow, but come on, they're not going to have the connection as we have. And I, mm. I don't mean that in a derogatory manner, but they just won't. Um, if you start doing that, you will get the likes of the Etihad, where people are standing there and they stand up just to applaud a goal. There's no passion there anymore, and Man City fans hate it. I was speaking to a Tottenham fan at work uh, the other day. He hates the new stadium. He, he's, cry, he's crying to go back to White Hart Lane because the fan base has changed that much. It's not the club he grew up and loved. This is where we need to be careful, as John said. It's it's getting that balance. And just to, just to confirm as well, what I said earlier, that isn't the club saying they're going to do it, but I strongly think they're going yeah. to make that decision. I think we all know they're going to do that in regards to international supporters. It, it's a really interesting debate, and that's why I wanted to have it. And the this is the thing. Newcastle United, as you all, we all agree, cannot exist on its own in a, in a commercial reality. It has, to, it has to be able to get close to our rivals in terms of uh, front of shirt sponsorship, uh, in terms of further commercial sponsorships and revenues. It has to be on television as much as the other teams to match their television revenue. And then it also, if it, this is the problem that the club have and we have as, as fans, is that it's impossible to put numbers in these things. 
But if Newcastle can sell, and I think the current user company called sportsbreaks.com for this, yeah. whether whether it'll be them, I've no idea in future, or whether it's multiple, I've, I've, I don't know anything yeah. about it. But if you're Newcastle United and you can sell 10,000 tickets um, with a, with an overall ticket margin, because sometimes these these packages include, like you said, mark hotels, flights, whatever, um, you know, and it can get £130. This is, these are fi- figures plucked from my mind. They're not real figures, okay? They can get £130 a ticket over 10,000 tickets, or they can get £48 a ticket selling them locally f- from a purely business decision and to, to, to get close to those other clubs. You, you have to have a very good reason not to do that. And you guys have raised some good reasons, John. You've said atmosphere in one. And this isn't um, to say that people who aren't from the area are less, you know, going to sing less or less passionate in the ground that 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 is not uh necessarily that that's not the truth i think what is the truth is sometimes through um packages stuff like this not everyone will be a newcastle fan mm-hmm. people will go with friends people will go with family again i've got no issue with that maybe they're not a newcastle fan before they come to the ground but they come and they experience it and they're mm-hmm. a newcastle fan for life that's one of the big things about going to america like you said mark you know and particularly where we're going in America, and we're basing ourselves in Atlanta. There's already a link there with, to Miguel Amaron, uh, Darren Eels, and I believe, I'm not, not an expert on this, but in terms of kind of the eastern seaboard in the United States, you know, your New York, New Jersey, or Liverpool and Man United, there's a real opportunity in the south there where football is exploding in popularity to really get in there and try and make ourselves the number one Premier League club for fans in that area. It's, 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 it, I hate to say it, it is a commercial necessity it, it seems like we're all under, we all have a consensus in this room, but it's it's not something that we either want Newcastle to do or not want to do it. That they have to do it because if they don't, how are we going to be able to compete with with the clubs, not just above us in the league, but below us in the league? And so I think Tottenham Hotspur a couple of years ago sent a, a free shirt, a free Spurs shirt to every single United States based member so the clubs have been doing this for years we've got a lot of making up to do here we are behind the game hugely and whilst Newcastle do have a passionate international fan base which was there before the takeover um I mean it's uh, bad enough being born in this city and being stitched in Newcastle United for years <laughs> but choosing to do it from abroad is you know is even worse luck um because we're so bad for so long so it's not like these are glory supporters or anything like that or because you wouldn't be a Newcastle fan would you if you could be pretty bad glory sport if you chose Newcastle United and like you said Mark there's lots of people with family ties or who visited or came to university in the city so it is really hard to kind of define people born outside of the northeast who are Newcastle fans and define their relationship with the club because it could be anything but also I agree with the points you've all made it's a balancing act and Mm. I suppose if you're inside the club now you just want to push those revenues as close to our rivals as possible because I keep saying it on these podcasts, what we did last season was a miracle. What Eddie Howe did in the first season in 21-22 had never been done before in terms of you know being bottom of the league after 15 games, not winning any of the first 14 and staying up. But actually the bigger miracle was finishing above clubs um, last season whose revenues dwarf our own in every single aspect. Throw into this, by the way, and this is a very short-term thing, when I when I talked about those the need for tickets there for international fans or, or fans outside the area through packages, um, because the mark upon those those tickets within the ground will be so much higher, we can't sell any footballers. We just can't. We've sold mm. Chris Wood for money since mm-hmm. since the new owners came in. So, you know, Liverpool are talking about flogging 
50 million pounds worth of midfielders to Saudi Arabia next week, apart from Alisson Maxman, we don't have anyone on the squad of any value that anyone wants to buy that we can't that we can afford to lose. So all of these other commercial areas within the club become even more important and it becomes more imperative um, that the club do this. Just I've said a lot there. Does anyone disagree? Does anyone want to say? I don't disagree. Um, I think um, one of the things I would say, though, is about the season ticket situation, which is there's a reason why we're not seeing a lot of season tickets released, and that's because it restricts revenue. Um, and I think that's a pattern that we're going to see continue, mm-hmm. um, and that worries me a little bit. I'd, you know, No one really knows how many season tickets there are, um, but my estimate would probably be nearer 30,000. Um, so that's a lot of you know day-to-day tickets that we can sell, package tickets that we can sell. Um, I would like to see that increase somehow, um, but I think it's very much part of the club's strategy to maybe not increase those. And I think even if we do see an extension of the ground, there's not going to be a massive percentage of that. I don't think that's going to go to season ticket holders. Just to quickly point on the international side of it as well, you, you've, you've nailed it perfectly. Yeah, I'll probably rephrase what I said before. That there will be people who've got close connections when you cash United the city, they've, they've you know they've moved out, whatever. Again, it goes back to history. It goes back to if you've just all of a sudden shown interest in your Cass United, then for me, you're at the bottom of the queue. Because A, you're not in the area, and B, you've never been to a game. So this is where the club need to really look through the database. Whether they've got the the, the system to do that, I do Mm. not know. Um, I don't disagree with new supporters coming in. Don't agree with new supporters coming in from abroad. But they've just got to look at loyalty. They've got to look at, you know, the history of what's happened in the last two plus years. The, the issue there is that I'd say, and I'm trying to speak from a club perspective, mm-hmm. but also a little bit my own is, if you're actively, if you're actively canvassing for new supporters and make no doubt about it, the club are, it's, it's, it's not a marketable, it's not a good sell, is it, saying you don't support anyone at the minute or you might have a passing interest in Premier League football, you might be a massive Atlanta or DC United fan, or, or it's not just the United States here, for all over the world, Come and support us. Look at St James's Park. Look at the passion. Look at the noise. Look at the energy. This is this is a club built on identity. We want you to be part of this experience. And yes, from a re, from a purely kind of horrible commercial point of view, we want your money. But but ignore that. We want you to be part of this fan community. If the club are then selling that, surely then. But by the way, you're bottom of the queue, and mm-hmm. because you're bottom of the queue, even if you're willing to spend, you know, once a season, you're willing to spend five grand on a trip mm-hmm. to. To England, plus all the benefits that brings to the region in the city as well. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying it's. A, it, I don't think it's realistic. Unless yeah. it tell us I'm wrong. I'm, I'm happy to. It just. It just seems like you're not going to be able to market yourself as the new kid on the block in terms of, you know, come and support us, come and be part of it. But also, mm-hmm. it's going to almost be impossible for you to get tickets. But then saying this out loud, it's almost impossible now for Sight to get a ticket. Yeah, <laughs> Do you know what and I mean. And it's this is this is the point going back to the membership. You know, um, part of the discussion of the day was there's going to be a lot of members who may look at it and go, "Brilliant, the season ticket holders aren't members anymore." There's thirty plus thousand people potential more tickets, or you know what I'm saying. But ultimately, a lot of people might have paid the thirty, forty pound, whatever, not got one ticket and thought that was a waste of money. I'm not doing that again. Mm. If, if, for me, if you've built up your network of contacts, it being a Newcastle United supporter over the last how many years. You're probably going to be okay uh, if you if if you've just come along and you haven't got the, the the contacts, you've got the membership, but you don't really know. You're not clever enough to really work out how and when to get the tickets. You're not online and etc. You're you're fighting a losing battle. Yeah, you know what I mean. And it's unfortunate for those. Yes, we welcome new supporters. We want as many kids, whatever, coming in. But this it, this day and age, I still go back to the point where you've got to reward loyalty in all aspects. 
Thoughts? Specifically my loyalty. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's an interesting one. Again, I can't, I can't demand that. It is, you know, if they look back, if they had 20 plus years history, they'd see how many years I did have a season ticket for and how many games I've attended. But I have also attended many, many, many games over all of those years under different names. So yeah. that, that loyalty isn't attached to me. So they don't know that and they're never going to know that. And that'll be the same for lots of people who traveled on or shared tickets with brothers, shared tickets with family. These people have been to lots and lots of games, but you can't prove it. There's, there's no yeah. easy way to measure that loyalty. You know, um, they're not going to know that I went to European games because they were all booked by you, Dodds. And you know, that that'll be the case for almost all the away games I've attended. And I, I hope I'm not <laughs> outing this year, but that's how it's worked for everybody for years and years and years. You know, the, the, the tickets come through friends, they come through family, etc. Um, for even some of the loyalist and most attends attending attended supporters. Um, so it's it's a really really tough one, and I totally understand the commercial aspect of it. And I get I want the club to succeed, I want the club to compete with those sides, but not at the expense of me watching this. <laughs> it's impossible. It's impossible. Perfectly put. Perfectly put. And you know, th- th- these are like we said at the top of the show. These are nice problems to have. We we on this podcast don't, don't have the answers. I don't think anyone would expect us to. Mm-hmm. We're just giving personal opinions. I assume people within the club. Uh, are working on this a lot and and like you just alluded to mark the one of the meetings um this week attended by supporters it sounds like the club are pretty transparent and yeah. like you know this 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 isn't easy on anyone trying trying to play catch with mm-hmm. what is uh what is almost kind of an unstoppable force at the minute uh, of newcastle united and listen it's great I, I want as many international fans as possible i want as many people around the world to love newcastle united i want people in this area to love newcastle united gone are the days i think of walking around town seeing man city shirts seeing liverpool shirts which is great that's what we need we need every kid in any castle united shirt um but then again it brings me back how do those kids get to the game how, how, how do you sell something to to a to a 12 year old and say oh come you know come watch Newcastle united well good luck with that um you know i think back to my youth and i used to you know occasionally You'd go and queue up at the box office to get tickets. You'd ring them up, but you you could get tickets even though Newcastle were good in the Robson era. And I was what, between twelve and fourteen then. Um, the, the 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 opportunities for the twelve to fourteen or whatever year olds today, mm-hmm. unless they know you, Mark, you know, like <laughs> who can you sort as a ticket out? Um, they're just they're just not going to get in. And even even cup games now with the requirement of cup game attendance to secure your ticket at mm-hmm. Wembley, should we get there in future domestic cup competitions? Um, it just makes it harder again. Then I suppose you're looking at friendlies, but they're not the same. No, no they're not the same friendlies. Um, good luck to Newcastle United. We're going to move on to part three of the show and talk about an even more controversial topic at the minute, and that's the uh, away ticket loyalty point system. So back after these ads, you know the drill. Patron three pounds a month. Speak to you after this. Loyalty points. Then it's um, it's been much discussed amongst Newcastle fans this week. Um, primarily because the club, I think, that have have held a uh, a supporter meeting where I think all season ticket holders were invited to apply to go along. One hundred people were selected, as Mark then said. There, a few other people were selected to go in and just have a kind of chat with the club about the same thing. Um, how how to start this one? I don't know who wants to go first. Mark, do you want to go first? You got you made, you've made the notes. Uh, <laughs> do, does the loyalty point system work currently? Yes. It works. It always has worked. So, and it doesn't need any revamping, in your opinion? It, it always it, it needs tweaked because, and, you know, I'm going to hold my hand up. I, I help people get tickets, and I've benefited from tickets when I didn't have enough points back in the late 90s, early 2000s, Sun Underway, prime example. 
you've either benefited from it or you're, you're benefiting people. Um, for me, you know, again, I think there's a big argument that people just buy the tickets to sell. I think that's a, I think that's a minority. Um, I really do. I don't think people categorically go online to buy a ticket to sell it. I think, again, I touched on networks before. People trust people. People buy tickets, they pass them on to people they genuinely trust. They know 9.9 times out of 10 that person won't get into trouble and there'll be no comeback on them. We've seen an increase on comebacks over the last probably 18 months or so because people tickets are probably falling in the wrong hands. Um, the club for me, and again, this is going to impact people I know, so I apologise, mm. but they, they just basically need to make sure that the person who's buying the ticket is going to the game. How to do that? There's two ways they can do it. Um, and again, this has been conversations this week. They can either put the, put the rules and regulations down. If, you're, if your ticket is seen with someone else or someone's been caught with your ticket or, or whatever, um, the, again, I'm, I'm talking hypothetically here, um, there was a mention of uh, slashing your points by 50% and you can't buy a ticket for the next three away games. That's, that's just a, an idea, by the way, that isn't set in stone. Um, that would scare people. That would scare me. I wouldn't take a risk if I wasn't going. Uh, you know, I, I'd probably go to a maximum of nine, ten away games a season. Um, you know, and I'm not going to make any excuses. I pick and choose. I, work can get in the way, but I pick and choose. I'm not going to profess to be the loyalist supporter. But, but ultimately, if that was set in stone, when you want to buy your first ticket for Man City away, people will think, am I really going to take that risk? Um, some people might. But that, that for me is, is the issue. Um, it's passing the tickets on because that seems to be everyone's big bugbear. Now, the flip side of that is, I think it does work because it is rewarding loyalty. Now, how you define the loyalty is, again, the, the club won't be able to... Will you let me just, because I should have done this at the start, in case there's anyone listening, the loyalty point system for an away game is to get to an away game at the minute as a Newcastle United fan. Uh, you have to be a season ticket holder in every away game that you attend for the first team, you get one loyalty point. So when tickets go on sale for away games, they often go on sale. Okay, this game's on sale for 120. You need a minimum of 120 points, 120 away games attended to be able to buy a ticket. That figure then drops. So if all the people who have 120 points plus don't buy the tickets, then it drops to 110, 100, and I think... Uh, just to give people an idea, Mark very handily keeps track of this, and maybe we can talk about it a little bit more. The lowest number of points he needed last season for a league away game, Mark, was? I think it was 15. was 15, 15. which was Brighton away. Brighton away. Because there were train, train strikes, strikes, and it's the furthest away game, but every other game was, was it 40? The next? No, um, the legs of West Ham dropped at 22 randomly, or 22 or 23. Yeah. And I think there was uh, Liverpool midweek went to 25, as yeah. did Wolves on a Saturday. But you know, you know what, you know what um, groups all those games together. Start of last season. Start of the season. No one expected us to yeah. be where we were. Mm-hmm. Um, the other way to get into away points is the club. So that's for supporters. The club <coughs> also then provides away tickets for its staff, um, for corporate clients who don't get loyalty points, uh, for players and staff. Uh, so staff, as I mean, people who work with like kind of in the club. Um, and then you've got like coaching and coaching staff, playing staff, and corporate sponsors. I don't think I've missed anyone. And I believe again, this is just—I I don't know if this is exactly accurate, but I leave—I believe each of those small parts there gets up to five percent of the allocation. That might change; it could be different. But I think, mm-hmm. Mark, again, your figures show that. 
Just to put into context, last season, the the highest percentage of tickets that didn't become available online on the day they went on sale was Crystal Palace randomly, 31%. So 31% of tickets were not available to season ticket holders to buy yes. from the allocation. Um, there was only three others that went above 25%, and the average was around about 20 to 22 Okay. There was a couple that were... Uh, randomly, Man United was 14%, which I couldn't get my head around. Sunday game, maybe. Sunday. Yeah. Um, and the lowest was Brighton, because yeah. as you say, um, the demand for Brighton was huge, by the way. We sold well over 1,500 tickets on 100 plus points. Right. But because of the train strikes, it just dropped and dropped and dropped to the point where I had to get rid of them. Yeah. Um, so so back to, I ended yeah. up with your answer there, do all that stuff I should have done right at the start of this this segment. I'm just going to, well, first of all, sorry, we should probably get the views of the other of lads before. I'm just going to pose some questions that are often put to me I don't, not in, in terms of a conversational aspect online. I don't have the answer to these questions for people, obviously, and they know that. Lance, what do you think of the loyalty point system? Say you first. Yeah, it, it, there has to be something. There has to be something that rewards the people who've been the most. Uh, it, it should remain in place. Uh, the, the tweaks that Mark's mentioned are probably the right ones, but almost impossible logistically to actually enforce. Mm-hmm. How do you prove that every single person going to the game is the one who bought the ticket? You've also got the, the situation, and I don't think there's anything wrong with the, the kind of historical culture of this, where a group of four or five mates have built up the loyalty points on two or three tickets, and then they all go... Mm-hmm. Like intermittently, because not everyone go to every away game for various life reasons, like you say, work, etc. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. The, po- the points have been built up by the same people; they're all loyal supporters, and they've done that for years. So to change it suddenly punishes something that's kind of been okay. Mm-hmm. So that that's a really the, tough one. Though I have to say, has always broken the terms and conditions of use. <laughs> strictly speaking, that's yeah, stri- yeah it's, strictly it's, speaking. It's, it's, but the players do that. Yeah, that was going to be my next point. So <laughs> the the if they do want to start making that that stricter, really enforcing that, the, all these tickets that go to, to family, to um, sorry, to, to players, to staff, to corporate, how do they prove that the people there getting getting them for going to the game? And I'm not I'm not taking out any place. I'm just using this name as a total example. I know nothing about Paul Dummett, but let's say Paul Dummett gets eight tickets for an away game and just passes them on to his mates. How do you know that one of his mates isn't going? Oh, I'm just going to flog that for hundred quid, like yeah. He probably doesn't know about that. And again, I'm, I'm not saying Paul Dummett has done this. This is a purely <laughs> hypothetical situation. But how are they going to police the players? And, and, and But then I suppose, that, so I'm really pleased, because that, that, that is an extreme example, but I, suppo- mm. I suppose could be applied to the rest of the fan base. And that comes back to what Mark is saying. And I think most people listening to this w- would agree with, is that the system for so long has been based around loyalty, but also about who you know. Mm-hmm. And there'll be people mm-hmm. listening to this who get lots of tickets through their mates, and this is not, it doesn't make them bad, it doesn't make them wrong. But moving forward with demand as it is, I understand why the club are going to have to possibly try and clamp down on making sure the ticket holder has the ticket. Sorry, you're right. It's unfair on two of the lads who built up points for their mate by going to 50% of the games. I think the club are going to turn around and say, tough shit, they wouldn't use that language, that's my language, but... Mm. It, 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 it is interesting, but you're right, though, because the Paul... <laughs> let's, I'm going to change his name. The Cardalo example, just so, so people know it's not, it's not based on Paul, any information about Paul Dummett. I'm sure he's a lovely bloke who, who, who makes sure people... He gets tickets for the game. Um, but that situation, it, 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 it sounds worse because what if it's a player? But actually, that's the same for supporters yeah. as well. And to bring it back to the central question before we bring John in, unless you've got anything else to say, sorry... Um, Ultimately, I can't see an argument around the ticket holder just has to use the ticket. And, and let me not um, pretend to be anything other than someone who, who has both benefited from the system over the years and, and used it. You know, I, I don't want to sit here and pretend that we're, we're something that we're not. 
the in fact I don't know anyone I know a lot of people who go to a lot of away games who who sort people out it you know I think the club are not stupid either they're, they're aware of it. it it doesn't make you bad it doesn't make it wrong but moving forward because of the type of demand we've talked about and because of some of the issues we still have to get into on away games the system just falls down if if, if that mm-hmm. it, if it continues the way it has been I understand the arguments more that it's not fit for purpose mm-hmm. John um I may have tweeted one or two times about the system changes I would make. Um, but I've, and, you know, these these views, I think, have been tempered over the years a little bit. Um, I used to stand quite a bit about it's a shame that mem- members can't accrue points. I think over time I've realised when you've got a really good club where it's really hard for members to get to home games, um, it's not right and they would never be realistic that they'd be able to get to an away game. So I think the season ticket argument absolutely is right. Um, I would bring in a rule in 10-year points. Um, now, one of the big arguments I get around this is, oh, but that you know, there's people who you know, have built up points when we've been rubbish. We've been rubbish for eight of the last 10 years. So actually, I think it probably benefits those that have been when we've been probably the most rubbish um, in the last 10 years. And obviously, over time, that will change. Um, but I think that would certainly help because I think people's circumstances change. I think if, if, you know, if I was in a different circumstance, I'd go to a lot more away games. I'm not. So I don't go to as many. So naturally, I drop out of that over time. The other thing I would do is I would have a, a small ballot for selected games. Um, and I'm really careful about when I say selected games. So the criteria I would work for is I wouldn't ballot the first or the last game of the season because I think they're quite, you know, they're big highlights. Not a derby, you know, so, you know, Sunderland, obviously. Middlesbrough, though, it's not really a derby. I would include that. Um, and if neither of those teams are in the league, there's neither of them are at the minute, I'd say, right, well, the closest geographically will not have that in the ballot either. So I looked at last year, um, and I also took out, like, you know, cup quarterfinals or semifinals, because, again, big games. And I think it was eight games that would have gone to a ballot. Now, if you also tie in... When you say a ballot, can you... Sorry, so I would have a, a, a season ticket. See, so if you're a season ticket holder, you could enter a ballot to get a, a ticket for the game, and I would cap that at 5% of the allocation, so long as the allocation is more than 3,000. Right. So that would be 150 tickets. There are very few allocations above 3,000, are there more? There are there about 3,000, I think. Yeah. So. so so I went for, so based on the, the size of the ground in the Premier League need to give you 10%, it was eight games right. that it came to when I looked at, looked at well, it. Don't, you, don't, you don't have to give 10% in the Premier League. It's only if you're below 30,000 capacity. That's what I'm So, yeah, so man, you, I mean. man, you don't have to give 10%. No, no, Castle don't have good terms. Correct. Yeah, yeah. 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 Sorry. So, so I'll, yeah, I'll rephrase. So, it's, you've got to give three thousand or ten yeah. percent, whichever is the lowest. Yeah. Um, as a minimum. Mm-hmm. So that came to eight games last year. Um, and I think if you also tie in that actually you can only win one of those ballots over the season, mm-hmm. that's twelve hundred new people that could go to an away game theoretically. Yeah. And I think mm-hmm. that that solves the argument of people want a chance to go, but also means that the loyalty is still massively being rewarded on the whole. And I think that would be a, that would be a change that would work. Um, but again, as long as your point around the um, people actually using the ticket that they're on. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously any point, any game you go to, you get a point. Now I'm not saying, you know, it's only 10 points over 10 years, but at least people feel like they've got a chance in the system. But what you've just said there, the points was... Um would never get more than 10 points yeah, because yeah. The, if it's going to be a 10-year rolling thing, yeah, those yeah. points, unless Newcastle become bad again, mm-hmm. would essentially be useless, would they not? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think, um, I think yeah. what John's point is is that they're getting a point to feel like they're getting somewhere even though it's 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 a, it's a long game, isn't it? I, I totally agree with what John's saying, by the way. I don't, I'm not against tweaks. I'm not against uh, ballots. 
Uh, well, yeah, I wouldn't say I'm against it. I just think it's it's the worst timing because we're all going to be successful. Why didn't they try this years ago when we are crap? <laughs> on that, simple as that. On that note, these are, apart from the ballot suggestion, these are things that I was talking about five, six years ago. Oh, yeah, yeah, you've, yeah, been, you've you know. been very consistent yeah, in your yeah. games, John. Um, you know, but, but going back to cherry-picking games, totally agree. When we talked about last season, yes, it was the start of the season with Wolves, Brighton, West Ham, whatever. And they, were, they were shit, all shit kickoff shit time. Shit well. time. Yeah. Let's trial it with that. Let's see yeah. Let's see how many zero pointers want to travel down to Southampton. Well, we can't play Southampton, sorry, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, you know, look look at the history of last season. Look where it did drop lower. You know, look at the midweek games. Everton, for example. Yeah. That was, sorry, I should have said this earlier. Everton was the only game that was less than 10% went to non season ticket holders. Right. So straight away, you haven't got the demand from the staff players. Uh, mm, the corporates corporate and, and the sponsors so straight away so Everton's going to be another midweek this season yeah. straight away for me look at that game and go right it's midweek let's use a ballot for that one yeah let, 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 yeah. let's, so let's hit, try it you've, you've absolutely articulated the issue right now and this is I'm going to I want to bring in some I just want to throw some things that I read a lot on social media and get your thoughts but the demand the, these conversations online anyway only tend to come about for leads away Mm-hmm. For Sunderland when they're in the Premier League, like there just doesn't seem to be the same conversations for Brighton away, mm-hmm. for Bournemouth away. And Bournemouth's a, a special one because of the allocation is so low, so yeah. it sells on high points. Ultimately, let me just put some of these things to you, and, and, and you can either back them away, you can say it's sensible. But so some fans say, um, I am I'm a season ticket holder. I am locked out of the away ticket system because I have no points, and it is now impossible for me whilst Newcastle are successful, to ever have an opportunity to do so. Is that fair? Thoughts? Yes. That's fair? I think it is fair. Um, I think, again, if you add, if it's about the opportunity to go to an away game, that's where the ballot thing works. Um, if it's about, I want to go to Man United away, tough. Like, you know, and, and that might sound harsh, but people build say. over their loyalty over, over that period of time. I had a season ticket up to, I think I had about 30, 35 points. Mm. Um, I threw them away when I decided that actually I couldn't have my season ticket at that point. Um, that's a decision I made and that's a decision I stand by. Um, but I, I totally understand that, you know, I ended up going to Bruges and didn't have a ticket. Um, because I think it only went. There was only an allocation, which was really small. It was like 130, 140 odd points to be able to go. I accept that. That's part of the system. That's just that's just how it works. One one story um, I heard at the, the original ticketing meeting. Um, someone turned around and said that his son is locked out of away games because he cannot. He, he lives in London. His works took him there. Um, he's got a season ticket, but he's only got one point or something. And I just says, well, how has he only got one point? You know, how long has he had the season ticket for? Oh, about 20 years. And so straight away I thought, okay, there's a red flag. He's only got one point after 20 years. He says, what the club need to do is they need to um, look at a, a postcode area. Um, he's in London, so all the London games, he should be um, given preference. I went, well, what about the people who live in London who travel to all the home games? What about the people who live in Stoke, for example, who travel to Everton or London? Everyone's got travelling to do it. But just because you live in that area, you think you should be you know, given an opportunity to go to a away game. Uh, over someone willing to travel so, 500 so, miles. Yeah, yeah, just, I, I, I'm not, I don't, obviously, I don't agree with that person, Mark, but it comes back to the system, doesn't it? Because mm-hmm. someone else who lives in London might get a ticket to all seven London away games and they don't even have a season ticket yeah. because there are no people who have points and season tickets. And that, that really, and I, I was going to ask you a question there, Mark, mm-hmm. but I'll say this first and then I'll ask you, but really, the ho- I'll say it again, the whole loyalty point system moving forward, not talking about the past, falls down 
if people are still still able to pass tickets on. Mm-hmm. And I get that from it. So if you're the club and you're thinking, well, why they keep things the, exactly the way they are, and we're still going to get all this, well, complaints, negativity, whatever, from people who feel like they're locked out. But then there's probably 10,000 to 12,000 Newcastle fans, either season tickets who can buy the tickets or the people that buy them off them who are okay. But then there's 20,000 people unhappy. Why don't we just introduce a ballot? If, to the club, I can see why they think, well, if tickets are being passed on en masse anyway, let's just introduce a ballot for 30% of the tickets. So pluck that figure from thin air. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you understand that? And, and my question was going to be, from the meetings this week, mm-hmm. do you think that's going to happen? In regards to a ballot, yeah, uh, yeah, hundred percent. I think they're going to go for it. Um, again, it's a little bit like the um, the home tickets. They want to build the fan base. They want to give everyone an opportunity. Just to, you know, they're dangling the carrot a little bit, but they want to give them an opportunity. I've got a chance to go to an away game. Good luck to them. And but I think again, going back to what we said this week, and you know, it, it's it's all scenarios, hypothetical. It's not set in stone. I think it's heavily weighted to a um, you know a, a percentage. Every game is going to be a percentage is going to season ticket holders on the loyalty point system, then it's going to be a percent. The rest is going to go to your corporate staff, player sponsors, your ballot, which will be a, a nominal number, and also your inter- international. The, the thing about the international, again, it, it's why would you want to, how can you put a package together for an international uh, support? You're not really getting the Newcastle experience. You're getting it at home. But then again, the bright lights of London, what, I was going to say Manchester, I suppose it is now. But but you know what I'm saying? And, and, and it, it's one of those where... Again, if, if they come out and say, right, from 2024-25, this is what the loyalty point system's going to be, it'll just shut everyone up. Yeah. And people will know deep down, right, I still haven't got a chance. But if you haven't got a chance, you've got to ask yourself why. And, and going back to your point before, your question before, sorry, um, you know, if you've got zero points and you have had ample opportunity to go away games, but you've got zero or 10 points over, say, 10, 20 seasons, you've only got yourself to blame. That's a fact. If you're a brand new supporter, again, it goes back to you're brand new. You've just jumped on the. It is a bandwagon. You want a bit of that success. You, you, you're attracted to it. But what gives you the right to think that you deserve to go to an away game above someone who's on 200, 100, 10 points? You don't. And it doesn't matter how them points are recured. This is the argument. The likely point system works. If they're going to tweak it, they've got to stop people selling them on. And what I didn't mention before is that there's obviously a mention what Brighton have done, Liverpool might not have done, where you have to go to a, 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 a hotel or a place in that in that city where the away game is uh, to, to go and pick up your ticket. The problem is now, though, is that you don't have to have ID. It's not forced now. So you still could be, Axel could be you, uh, me, me going as you. You know what I mean? It, mm-hmm. There's no way they can do it. Scaremongering is the only way. This is what's going to happen if your ticket is found. With punishments, yeah. Punishments. Punishments. Thoughts? Anything else on the points, lads? No, yeah, it, it's a really tough one. The, the 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 only argument that people would throw back at you to that scenario, Mark, is what about an eighteen year old who's you know only just come of age that mm-hmm. they've not had that twenty years of of well you could have been going for the last twenty years, mm-hmm. and it's it's not an easy question to answer because ultimately any ticket you make available, even for a ballot, uh, is at the opportunity cost of someone who has those points. So if you make five hundred tickets for one of the big selling games available for um for one of the bigger allocations available for a ballot. It's a nice idea and it gets a lot mm-hmm. of opportunities, but that's 500 people who might have other points who might have otherwise got a ticket. So there's always going to be someone losing out and there's, you're never going to make everyone happy. Yeah. Um, I do also think, though, that if you try one of these possible options, those people who have via friends and family, the ability to get four or five tickets per game might go, well, you know what? Let's just get the three from, for those of us that are going and they don't get that fourth ticket that's mm-hmm. speculative that they know they'll be able to get rid of, but they don't necessarily, they're not going with it. So mm-hmm. it might... It might 
reduce the, that and then naturally those tickets do become a bit, I don't know, I'm, I'm maybe um, being too kind. It's, but it's a good point. It, it has been mentioned about giving a potential allocation to 18 to 25s. Um, obviously, bear in mind, is it 14 or 15 now you've got to go with a Guardian? Yeah, you've got to be 15, I think. 15. Yeah. So, so straight away, the, the argument there is is that, well, how do we get the kids coming through? How, but, but it's two tickets, mm. under 50, because you need to take the Guardians. You cannot just keep chipping and chipping. And chipping. The, the tickets aren't there. The, yeah. tickets, the t- tickets simply aren't there to, to, to meet demand, you know. Um, it's, it's, it's a testing, testing time for the club. There's a really interesting thing I read on your um, feed around, um, was it um, our neighbours down the road who um, they sometimes average the points together? Or something. So they. Yeah. So if like the adults got like a hundred points, but the kids got none, they would look and say, right, we've got the. Let's say you've got fifty points because hundred plus zero divided by two is fifty, and then the allocations of forty, they would be able to get two tickets together. Yeah. Um, and maybe some thoughts around that because there will be, you know, dads who want to take their kids who haven't had a chance, but they've got like however many points. You know, maybe that's another option. That's a very good shout. To be fair, I I, I would agree with that. Because I know uh, Chris Layton. But, but Mark, and again, it, it mm-hmm. does sound sensible to me. Like Sai's just said, every time that you do that, there's someone there on, like, I don't know, 39 points who can't go because someone on zero points has got a ticket. Yeah. It's really hard, isn't it? We, we don't have all of the solutions. I don't think anyone would expect us to, but we'll have to leave it there for the day. Just on a this. quick one. Okay. Quick one. one. Uh, <laughs> what, the, what the club have suggested they're definitely going to do is dropping the points daily. Oh, that's much better. Every much day. Better. So, but the interesting thing is, if you're on 100 points and it drops to 90, are they going to stop you getting your ticket because you've missed no, your I, opportunity? I, don't think so. I, I, I know. It. Yeah, I doubt that. But that 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 has always been one of the bugbears. Yeah. Uh, Bournemouth last season starts on 150 or something, and then a week later yeah. it's on 150. It yeah. doesn't make any sense. But well done at the club for that one. It's been a great conversation. Thanks so much to you three. I've really enjoyed it. Um, we'll be back with another True Faith Free podcast next week. Of course, if you like what we do. We're on Patreon. It's between three and eight pounds a month. Would love to have you along. Can't wait for the new season. Reminder, there's a link to the live show in the description to this podcast to buy tickets to our live season preview at the stand on Thursday, the 10th of August. Thanks, Si. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, John. See you next time. Bye-bye.